The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus left the house and sat by the lakeside, but such a crowd gathered round him that he got into a boat and sat there. The people all stood on the beach, and he told them many things in parables. He said, Imagine a sower going out to sow. As he sowed, some seeds fell on the edge of the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Others fell on patches of rock, where they found little soil and sprang up straight away, because there was no depth of earth. But as soon as the sun came up, they were scorched, and not having any roots, they withered away. Others fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Others fell on rich soil and produced their crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Listen, anyone who has ears, the gospel of the Lord. Listen, anyone who has ears. Do you have ears? Well, this is for you. But God is speaking to a particular person in Jeremiah, and so even though the prophetic office falls on all of us, I think it's worth just acknowledging for a moment before we, before we hear these words addressed to ourselves, we need to hear them addressed to a particular historical person, and it's Jeremiah. God says to Jeremiah, who's the son of a priestly class and is a priest himself, working in this broken nation, I'm calling you. In fact, well before you arrived on the scene, I designed for it to be you. In the womb, before you were formed, I knew you. Well, if that doesn't tell us about the dignity of the unborn, I don't know what will. Before you came to birth, I consecrated you. That means no one is sort of born into a mob. God doesn't see crowds. God sees persons, individual persons with immense dignity. And Jeremiah is one of them. Then he says, I've appointed you as prophet to the nations. Think about this. Before any of us arrived on the scene, God has designed who we're going to speak to. This is the case for Jeremiah here. And naturally, Jeremiah quivers in his boots. He says, our Lord, look, I do not know how to speak. I am a child. This is the, the heavy burden that's been laid on Jeremiah. And God intuits that his fear is legitimate. He says, don't say I'm a child and do not be afraid. I am going to protect you. What was Jeremiah's reason to be fearful? Did he have any reason to fear? Well, in fact, he did. His nation was full of hypocrisy, injustice, sort of mixed religiosity and culture, which was destroying their sense of identity. They had no clarity of conscience. And as we see Jeremiah's life unravel, yeah, he was not received by his own people. Uh, at one point, I think God says to him, it would be easier for you to speak to a nation who did not know your language because the people you speak to will not receive you. But go. I will be with you. You are to speak to them, however fruitless it might seem. You might say that Jeremiah was destined to speak to rocky ground, to sow seeds where they just weren't going to germinate. That's part of his mission. Well, now that the, the baton, I guess, comes to us, because Jesus says these very words to each of us as well, to all of you here, before you were formed in the womb, I knew you, I consecrated you as someone special you're not just part of the mob but but god has taken great care to craft and and to shape and to imbue you with gifts and identity and personality and passions and 
situations where you've been planted. So we all carry this prophetic burden and it's, and it's a difficult task. And I think in a sense we have reason to fear, but Jesus says to us, do not fear. We live in a different time and a different place than Jeremiah. This is a peaceful country. This is a generally peaceful time, thank God. Uh, we do have those things that oppress us, but we are in a different context. And so I think the way we spread our seed, the way we scatter this wisdom that God has given us, has to look different. It has to work in our time with our gifts, with those amongst with which we're placed. I learned something about admonition yesterday. You, know, you think of the works of mercy, and one of them is admonishing the sinner, telling them what you're doing is wrong and dangerous and it's hurting you, stop doing it. But that's one of many works of mercy. We're not called to constantly admonish everyone around us, otherwise we wouldn't be doing anything else. <laughs> and also we'd forget the beam hanging out of our own eye. We'd have to admonish ourselves first. But when it comes to being a prophet, which does involve admonishing, correcting, speaking truth, peacefully, lovingly. There's sort of three criteria that we need to make sure we're, we're checking. One is, is this a grave matter that I'm trying to speak prophetically into? Like, is it grave? Is, it, is the damage that's going to be caused great? If it is, okay, good, that's one criteria. Two, is this going to be received by the person I'm admonishing or speaking prophetically to? And that's important, and that's quite a subjective thing. Like, we'd have to discern in each given situation, if I say this to that person, or if I say this to that group, what is likely to be the result? You know, will, will seed actually fall on fertile soil, or will it potentially harden their heart and drive them even further into their cavities of, um, of damage? And thirdly, and maybe the second and the third fall together, who is best situated to give that word? Paul clearly says to us that we're not to be clanging gongs. You know, above all, what is our prophetic message? It's the fact that the love of God, which is beyond all imagination, has broken into this world and penetrated all of our hearts. Let's just take a moment to form the words that are in our mouth today. To ask God, give me the words. Give me the seeds that I'm to scatter amongst those I'm with today and this week. Let those words form in our mind, in our heart, even in our mouth. And let's go out and proclaim boldly, but certainly with immense charity, with all the charity of God amongst us.